In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play. Today, we're watching Velvet Goldmine. It stars Jonathan Reese Myers, not to be confused with Jonathan Reese Davies, as a glam rock superstar based mostly on David Bowie. It also stars Ewan McGregor as another rock star patterned after Iggy Pop and Lou Reed. Christian Bale co-stars as a journalist writing about them ten years later, trying to find the real story behind their public personas and private lives. And I've never seen it, but this sounds fascinating. It, it really is fascinating. Um, it's very fun. And, like, it should be noted that um, that the, the characters are aggressively, obviously, based on those people. Right. But the story is not really rooted in reality, um, so it should not be taken as... It's not like, um, you know, something more like Postcards from the Edge, for instance, which is a novel and technically fiction, but like, ha- it's always been pretty clear that it's that it's a semi-autobiographical novel. Like, you know, it's we all know that it's that there's a fair bit of reality going on in there. Yeah, it's not something like that at all. It's okay. it's <laughs> again just from this intro. This sounds like it's going to be Citizen Kane meets Almost Famous, more or less. So I'm, I'm... um a little bit, <laughs> yeah. And actually, yeah. it's funny because I had never thought of the Citizen Kane um parallel until I was I was you know looking up some details of the movie and stuff, writing that intro for you, and um like its wikipedia entry is like all about how it's like narrative structure is similar to citizen kane i was like i had wow. that had never occurred to me it's citizen um, kane it's citizen kane it's citizen kane <laughs> do you but, know that sketch uh no kids in the hall citizen kane no no i haven't i'll seen send that. it to you after this okay. anyway um yeah but anyway i just like i i feel like i do just need to put the disclaimer out there that this is not semi-biographical it's again you can't watch it and not go well that's obviously like <laughs> uh, a, that looks uh, like that's, David Bowie. That's a yeah. fictional David Bowie, clearly. But it's also yeah. not like it, it. It, yeah, it's not biographical at all, though. It's just like sort okay. of inspired by, we'll say, slash, sure. slash, <laughs> yeah, a little bit revisionist. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's go watch it's this. An interesting uh, thing. How, how do we watch this? Uh, so it is on Amazon Prime um, to stream. So if you're a lucky Amazon Prime subscriber, and by lucky I mean you pay money every year to have that as you and i both do uh, I, I i'm lucky in that the money just magically appears in my wallet uh usually every every two weeks when some, some i know company it's crazy that says, they, that says that i work for them i know, know it's nuts i don't know how that happens um anyway if you don't have amazon prime um you can also rent it on all of the usual places amazon youtube itunes voodoo google play pick your poison it's available to stream enjoy all right I will see oh. you after the. Oh, and we should note that uh, anything that comes after this will be full of spoilers for the movie. Yes, spoilers after this break.
boys from Quadrant 44 With their vicious metal hounds who don't come round here no more Sometimes I wonder if I'm still alive And we're back. We just watched Velvet Goldmine, which I didn't realize was directed by Todd Haynes, who uh, also yes. directed uh, Carol and uh, the Bob Dylan uh, biopic. Uh, was oh, I knew he directed the Bob Dylan thing. I didn't know he directed Carol. Yeah, I liked Carol a lot. So when I saw I his name come yet. up, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. When I saw his name come up, I was like, wait. Who, who is that again? And I, I had to like that was like immediately googling that you know while, while the credits were going. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, before we get to what I thought of this movie, Velvet Goldmine, Emily, why do you love this movie so much? Oh, um, I mean, I don't, it's just it's another one that's just like really enjoyable. Um, I've never <laughs> really thought that much about it um, before. I just like it's fun. Um, but no, I mean, I think it it it's. Um, it's trying really hard, uh, which is, you know, not always the best thing. But I do think that that it it does a good job of what it's trying really hard to do, mm-hmm. um, which is just I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting kind of exploration of like I don't know public persona versus you know like what what's what's real and what's an act, um, you know, both in in these people's like private lives, but also in their their public lives, some of which are, are more public than other. I was I was thinking about a um the way uh Tony Collette's accent Tony Collette, by the way, I, I love her. She's so yeah. great. She she's she's great in this amazing. Yeah. Uh, um but I, I was thinking about the the way her accent slips in and out. Can't you just run him through the files and punch in the name? No, not exactly. Because honestly, darling I haven't spoken with Mr. Slade in, what, seven years, at least? I don't know. I feel like that's that's kind of really emblematic of what's going on in the movie as a whole. Like, the way her, her, her accent is just, like, a very obvious manifestation of her, like, slipping in and out of her, like, real person versus fabulous London party girl mm-hmm. uh personas which like everyone in the movie is kind of mostly doing is you know slipping in and out of their personas and you don't know which one like you don't always know what's actually who and what's actually like the person's like you know posture that they're taking versus their reality but also it doesn't always matter you know i don't so i guess i guess that is sort of a rambling answer too 
Why well, I know I can totally see. Uh, I I totally get why you picked this as sort of a companion to Man on the Moon. Also like, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this actually wasn't um, originally on our podcast list because I like I don't know I love this movie and have watched it several times, but I've never been like I've never I don't know I didn't I didn't originally put it on the list as like and like oh this is a movie that you have to see <laughs> you have to watch it. But after after Man on the Moon that has all of the say a similar kind of public persona situation plus the whole like question that they question mark they put on his death at the end i was Mm -hmm. like well (laughs) i feel like we probably have to watch this movie about jonathan reese meyers uh glam rock star faking his own assassination yeah seems obvious (laughs) um yeah so i I, and and just also the whole you know who you are with the mask on the mask off and who are you performing for and, and all this stuff um so yeah i totally like get that and and i (laughs) I, I did appreciate a lot of this movie. I feel a butt coming. However, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I I was not really into most of Velvet Goldmine. I kind of um, this is a thing that I have a trouble I have with with a lot of different movies where it's clearly and I said this about Man on the Moon how I felt about Man on the Moon. So I realize I'm being super hypocritical. But like not like clearly... I was not like I was unhypocritical at all in our episode <laughs> about Man on the Moon. Uh, fair is fair. Um, but, like, this is my turn to be hypocritical, which is that <laughs> I said Man on the Moon, how it was clearly such a, a passion project for Jim Carrey, how much he was into, specifically Andy Kaufman. And this is clearly, Velvet Goldmine is clearly something that Todd Haynes and the other people involved in this film are just, you know, they are obsessed with glam rock, with this specific period of time, with these people who are they these facsimiles of these real stars uh the music of the time they use re- a lot of real music for yeah. from the era uh the the i guess the biggest hit that i recognized was satellite of love uh, mm-hmm. uh which was velvet underground right um uh i don't know if it's i don't know or, or it's, lou, it's definitely solo. lou reed i don't okay. know if it's him solo or with his band I, I don't no, know. It's, no it idea. is definitely lou reed though um but so um it's clear that they really cared about getting something out of this, but I, I found it really hard to connect with the actual characters, the actual story. I, I I had a really hard time really getting invested in the characters when it seemed so weirdly n- normal and conventional, kind of the, this, this tale of, like, you know, mm-hmm. the person rising to fame, and then it goes to their head, and then there's, you know, a big falling out, a lot of different falling outs and splintering. It, it felt... It felt like the characters were striving for, for it to be different, and yet the movie was, in a way, trying to make them normal. If, if, if or trying, yeah, trying to well, make trying to make them boring. I mean, not not boring. Trying no, to make I, them. No, I know. I know what you're getting at though. It's like yeah. you know, it is. It is an incredibly, incredibly conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a biopic as we discussed, but like it follows most of the same beats as like every music biopic. Yeah. Um, and, and most, you know, pretend music biopic kind of of things as well. (laughs) Um, which is interesting. And it's, I I don't know. It's also interesting that you, that you say that. Cause like, I feel like that was part of my criticism of man on the moon was I was like, I don't know what's happening and I'm not following it. And this is like, you know, like aggressively follows that mold which i mean like that's that's fair and like i will say um another descriptor for this movie that i didn't want to use before we recorded it because i didn't want to like color your perception of it but like (laughs) um i also kind of feel like this movie is um 
is basically the scene in this movie with the little girl playing with the Barbies mm-hmm. of of Kurt Wilde and uh, Brian Slade. Like, I feel like that's this whole movie. Yeah. Which is to say that it's slash fic. I mean, this movie, <laughs> this movie is slash fic about David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Like, that's... Wait, you, for, for, for listeners who might not know, do you want to explain what slash fic is and why that's yeah, so funny? Yeah, so it's like, it's like fanfic where you, like, make two characters, like, sleep with each other, usually yeah. homosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, yeah. the classic uh, <laughs> thing that people, uh, at least of our generation, at least how I first uh, heard about Slash Vic was people talking about Slash Vic of like Harry and Ron from, from, from Harry Potter. Right, or, or Harry and Draco. Right. There's also a lot of Slash Vic of like John Watson and Sherlock. I honestly Kirk name and like Spock. any. Oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah, like any any like two you know male characters in a thing. It's usually I I don't I don't know. There's there's probably. Um, there's probably lesbian slash fic too. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, that's like, I don't know. I enjoy this movie, like, just because I find it fun to watch. But like, yeah, there's also no denying like, that that's what it is, though. Like, <laughs> You know, it gets to the scene with uh, Ewan McGregor uh, starts off the scene shirtless and then he just takes off his pants over the course of that concert. And is like, well, oh, yeah. that's why Emily likes this movie. Oh, okay. come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I know. I'm teasing. <laughs> But um, that's probably a contributing factor. I mean, what'd you say? <laughs> that's probably a contributing factor. I mean, yeah, they're, you know, the leads of this movie are, like, three incredibly beautiful men. Like, I, yeah. I that's, that's undeniably part of its appeal as, as, <laughs> as someone who takes an interest in, in beautiful men. Yeah. Um, well, hey, no, I and mean, have, and have to... previously demonstrated on this podcast my extreme interest in at least Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. So, so again, it's, it's, that's, that's part of the thing. And this is part of why I didn't put it on the, on the podcast list originally. Cause it's like, I don't have a lot of deep thoughts about this movie. Like I just <laughs> find it pretty fun to watch. Um, and, but yeah, it was, it was just like an obvious, uh, obvious thing coming out of, uh, out of man on the moon. Yeah. I will also say though, like, um, and this is something that I never really thought about with regard to this movie or, much with regard to David Bowie prior to his death last year when a yeah. whole bunch of people wrote about this. And I was like, oh, wow, like that never occurred to me because it's not part of my lived experience. Um, but it may, you know, I have just always really liked David Bowie just mm-hmm. the music because I do. Yeah. Right. Um, the but but like a lot of people, as I'm sure you, you know, saw coming uh, wrote about David Bowie, essentially like providing for them like the same kind of um, basically the experience that you see Christian Bale go through in flashback initially, like right. especially he's pointing like, to the TV going, that's me. Right. That's me. Which, which you realize was like an internal, like an internal scream that he was doing in his head, you know? Um, you oh, know, I thought he was actually saying that. No, Is I don't that... think so. Um, cause his parents Cause, cause later like, on, his dad like finds, finds him masturbating to like pictures. So it, that seemed maybe real. So. No, I think that was real. Cause like okay. his parent, his dad either kicked him out or he ran away or both. But, yeah. um, no, I think this scene, I think this scene where he's watching, cause his parents don't react in that scene at all yeah. to him, you know, and like they, I feel like they would have. So, you know, I think him standing up and screaming at the TV, like that is me, that's me, that, that, that's me. That's what he wants to say. Or yeah, like I think that's I think that's in his head, but yeah. um huh. but but you know, like uh, it, it, that is definitely, you know, and a very important part of like 
why David Bowie is so important to so many people. And like that, right. I don't know that I think this, I think this does do a good job of, of, uh, independent of the public persona, you know, what's real, what's not wearing masks kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this does do a good job also displaying the kind of like, uh, just the sort of freedom and permission. Right. Um, you know, that all of that. Well, and that's also, it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, Carol, the other Todd Haynes film that, that I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, that one is based on The Price of Salt, which was the first, like, uh, as a, a, a novel that was, I think, the first ever novel with uh, lesbian characters that oh. didn't have them meet, like, some sort of quote-unquote punishment for, for, for their sexuality. Like, it was, it was uh, like this groundbreaking work at the time that was published under a pseudonym because it was would have been considered too taboo to put the author's real name on it mm-hmm. I, I, for, I forget her name either of them which is unfortunate <laughs> but uh but the book is is the movie is based on this book that that was like literally the first one to not have it be like you know oh and then they met a tragic you know death or they they, they yeah. met a you know or they they changed their minds about their sexuality or, or you, you, you <laughs> yeah. know that, that actually right has that, that was be... like this this is just a part of these people kind of thing. right they, they are they are the people who they are you know it's just um so it's interesting that the same director is involved in both of those, and I, I would, I would yeah, encourage. So I, guess the, I, w- I guess these are themes, uh, themes that this director is interested in. As are, uh, I, I suppose he might also be interested in different facets of of artists yeah. and their personas, as you one might guess from that bizarre Bob Dylan played by four different actors thing. Yeah, yeah. I was not <laughs> really into that. I, I, I saw it when we were in college. I saw it at uh, the local. Uh, uh, the Avon Theater, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I maybe I need to rewatch it. I feel like at the time I was like, "This is fucking weird," and I'm sober. I, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like I remember. Um, I feel like I remember a lot of uh, reading a lot of interesting stuff about that before it came out about like yeah. the idea and you know it was a really interesting the idea the different this... actors and whatever. But like yeah. I feel like it fell flat and I don't, it's not like I read any like glowing reviews of it or, or any, you know what I mean? Like I, so I feel like maybe you're not alone in that. Like, I, like I people remember, thought the idea yeah. was cool, but, but I feel like no one actually thinks it was a good movie. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to speak too harshly of that. Cause like, there's a lot of movies that I saw around that time that then on a second viewing, you know, where we're like my, I was maybe too, <laughs> you know, 18 year old jaded. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of a, uh, may, may, maybe not my, my, maybe my memory is faulty there, but I, yeah. I remember not especially liking that one. Um, but then, so back to, back to this movie. I mean, like, um, so we, I, I, I'm surprised at, yeah, as you were saying in the intro, how Citizen Kaney, uh, a, a, yeah. lot, a lot of this is like I was just like I was just like spitballing there. I didn't realize how. <laughs> well, I I was surprised that you struck on that too because as I said, like that had never that had never really occurred to me. Like I just I don't know. I've watched them in such different contexts. Yeah. Um. That like that that never crossed my mind, but it is like yeah yeah. Well, and I mean, especially the thing that's like the most obvious homage is. Uh, Christian Bale talking to Mandy where she's drinking alone and she's she's the ex who has all the stories and mm-hmm. you know she's she's the performer is drinking alone in the in the nightclub sort of thing like mm-hmm. um which on the one hand it's a cool homage and it's it's I mean you know any movie can make the homage but I feel like because the secret of this movie was so much smaller and more and 
I, I I feel like Citizen Kane, it's like this this slow unraveling of all these different layers of the man's life, whereas here I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't feel like like Brian Slade was as nuanced a character as as Charles Foster Kane, and so therefore the parallels I don't think it really served the story that this movie was trying to tell. Yeah, um, it was this kind of made you think about a different movie that was more more layered and and and, and I, I don't know. I just think it's kind it of a grandiose an aspiration, comparison. considering what this movie is. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like maybe it's not the best idea to invite a comparison to Citizen Kane. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. With, like, like with your move, like to so obviously do that when that's also not the movie you're making. But the thing is, like, but on the other hand, like I don't know. Harry Met Sally is telling a very different story than Casablanca, but it invokes Casablanca a lot for very important, small reasons, you know, throughout the plot. So, therefore, it's like, it, it's not that the homage in and of itself was a bad idea, but well, maybe just the, but... the structural homage, the the kind of the, the, the nudge, nudge, like, do you see what we're doing here homage? Like, maybe maybe that's where it, I, I don't know. That's I mean, I think that's what I mean, because, like, lots of, lots of movies, you know, inv- invoke other movies yeah. just as... Sometimes it's a, as little as like a like a glib reference, and sometimes it's just. Um, I mean, in when Harry met Sally, I feel like Casablanca is more just like a, like a, just a, a narrative thread. Like it yeah. doesn't, you know, it could be it could be any classic Hollywood movie of love that they happen yeah. to, you know, have several instances where they sort of stumble across it. You know what I mean? It's like it's not. It's not central. It's not like the movie is based on Casablanca the way this right, is exactly, like yeah. exactly structured like Citizen Kane. And it's again, it's like it doesn't necessarily work if you're not telling like that. I if um I don't know if you're if you're not going to succeed, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I would like, and I would also say like I don't know that um I don't know that Brian Slade is necessarily less nuanced so much as we don't actually find anything about out about him. That's what I'm saying. Is that we don't have like, like, like it's like, like we Citizen don't Kane we don't really get answers. To, we find out that he which you don't in, in, in Citizen Kane either. I mean, the, the whole thing in Citizen Kane is he doesn't find out what Rosebud means, but we're finding out the story anyway. And then here, like as soon as we saw early on in the movie where Christian Bale walks past the TV screen where it's it's uh, Tom Stone or Tommy Stone. My brain fouled that away. I was like, okay, that's going to be someone later on. Probably one, one of the older version of one, one of the characters in this. Like, um, the reveal was was much smaller and much more like, okay, yeah. this is the thing. See, I know I didn't, I didn't pick up on that the first time I saw this movie. So I was like, I figured it out like right around the time that, that Christian yeah. Bale does in the movie. And it like blew my mind. Like, <laughs> whoa, oh my God. Um, but I can see that, especially if you figure that out early on, that it would kind of like. Yeah, I was kind of I was I was waiting for that to be subverted, or I was waiting for there to be some sort of you know Fight Club esque shenanigans with like, oh, Christian Bale is actually uh, you know the uh, Jack Ferry or, or something <laughs> like that. You know, I was, I was waiting for for there to be a kind of no. a, a, a head fake there, but <laughs> no, it's just that Christian Bale, deeply unethically, by the way, uh, <laughs> just isn't revealing to anyone the level of deep personal connection he has to this story. Yeah. <laughs> really unethically either of us would get fired for that just yes as an aside as an aside yeah um let's see i'm looking back at my notes here um so yeah i i well i guess for the other thing about christian bale is that um obviously he did wind up playing an important 
uh, role in the story by the end, and like he obviously hooked up uh, with with um, Ewan McGregor's character, but mm-hmm. like Kurt Wilde, Kurt Wilde, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I felt like the first half of the movie, at least, or maybe more, like I was kind of like, why do we need Christian Bale here exactly, other than to do the Citizen Kane thing? Which I don't know. Maybe that's just kind of like a, a mid movie thought. I just wrote this down partway I mean, through. It was like again, why I is think he here? I think having having like a a um having the perspective of like of like a kid who experienced the this whole thing as a fan and you know true yeah somebody who who you know helped find himself through this music and all like i think that's a, that's an important aspect other than cuz otherwise you know all that we have are all of these like I don't know, fame obsessed or like fame satellite people, you know, like the, like the girl who takes the press pass for, from him at the end, who's just like just into the thing and not really, uh, we don't we don't really see her story. You mean? No, I mean like I mean like all of the other characters are either you know these like larger than life rock star persona people, yeah. like Brian Slade, Jack Ferry. Kurt Wilde, mm-hmm. um, or like the people, the people in their orbit who like prop them up and also get destroyed by them, like the first manager and Tony Collette's character, and you know, and it's like mm-hmm. I, they're, but they're all, and then the 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 new assistant who comes up later, like, but they're all they're all like part of this whole like vortex of this world that he built up around himself. The the character did so, like. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's important to have the perspective of like the young kid who saw this stuff and reacted to this stuff on this like incredibly deep personal emotional level. That's true. Yeah, um, we 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 have, we have one person to sort of follow who's sort of our anchor for for understanding the effect of these rockers on someone, as opposed to just seeing the crowds of people or just seeing the you know um, right because because yeah. crowds of people i mean crowds of people are just like mayhem and and popularity and screaming you know and mm-hmm. and christian bale's character is like personal identity right you know yeah and okay. like identifying with with the public persona of brian slade i don't know yeah well i was also thinking about like how destructive a force Brian Slade is in so many people's lives, like that first manager and then in Tony Collette's life, you know, it's like the bigger he gets, the more he's destroying people and like leaving this like wake of destruction yeah. <laughs> uh, behind him. But then it's like also him getting famous with that persona, all of that kind of stuff is also a constructive force, at least initially in Christian Bale's life. Obviously something seemed to happen that, that like reverse that. Yeah. Those and those are more <laughs> the frustrations actually that I have um with this movie are the fact that like we don't really get much resolution on Christian Bale's character. Like right. what's we know up that he with winds him? up sort of, you know, in a buttoned up job where he's, you know, he's a journalist and it's like so how how did he, how did he get from being, you know, Right. How did he how did he get from from that sort of like youthful awakening to this like cynical world where he's like trying to forget it all now? And like, yeah, I I kind of have to assume something happened with him and Kurt Wilde because but I don't because it's because no, it's clearly not like the the fake assassination thing. And then right. he got jaded because he stuck around after the fake assassination. So it's like, right. I, I don't. 
and yeah, and we never get to see that, and we never get to see like does revisiting all of this stuff like I don't know make him more at peace, bring him to some sort of. Well, he, I mean, ground. he does get the Oscar Wilde pin at the end, and so he does he get does. some sort of like symbolic resolution at least, right? Or, or and a little memento, and he smiles, time. which is yeah. nice, which he doesn't ever do in like the future part <laughs> until the end. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess I that's uh, that's just a thought. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm frustrated by the lack of lack of re- like resolution and clarity in his character more than the rock stars who like I feel like we were never gonna know because. That's their whole deal. Is they're sort of yeah. Well, we're not supposed to necessarily know their yeah their their whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that whole thing of just you know, um, what's the character's motivation and like in to again use the Citizen Kane example. You have the journalist who's just there, just trying to find out the story, and like they're like the least memorable part of it, just because they're just there as the conduit for everyone else to talk about this this guy who is now dead. Um, whereas here, it seems like the movie was trying to have kind of both things going, where it's like we're trying to unravel the mystery of, or part of the mystery of who these people were, while at the same time we have this this Christian Bale character, we have this this person who's deeply involved in that story that he is now reconstructing. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and 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 what what does what does he want beyond getting the story? Is he actually looking for that? that resolution is he looking for for for, for something or is he just doing a job you know yeah it's um yeah and so that's the thing is like i i again i i feel like i'm tearing down the movie that i that i no but again well but again i never i never um I, I, I do I like I feel like I need to like bring it up again that like this was never originally on the podcast list probably for a lot of these reasons it's like <laughs> I enjoy this movie a lot because I find it fun to watch but also like there is something kind of deeply unsatisfying like at its core mm. and I can't necessarily put my finger on what it is but it is there there is something sort of just missing or like that you want to happen that doesn't or that you wish you knew that you don't or or something so like i'm i i'm with you on that and i don't i feel like it's maybe different things for each of us but like yeah no i i i I do i do you know follow this is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination it's mostly just like a fun movie with pretty people wearing pretty clothes and good music and good music yeah. yeah which is always fun i mean yeah um no i the the last thing that i wrote down was just kind of the fact that they're using real songs mixed in with uh you know with with these characters these fictional characters um and fake it, songs there are a lot of also and fake songs also fake songs but that uh is very moulin rougey at times whereas like you know here here's something you might recognize and then we're gonna direct the shit out of it we're just gonna yeah. make the best music video that never existed for this <laughs> song you know <laughs> yeah i especially i was thinking of moulin rouge a lot in this scene with the um that's like a like a circus setup yeah, um, yeah. Where they end up kissing, it felt very Moulin Rouge for sure. Yeah, where they has yeah. the, the fake press conference with the uh, with all the reporters asking, you know, <laughs> Brian, 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 Brian. Maxwell Demon is the story of a space creature who becomes a rock and roll messiah, only to be destroyed by his own success. Are you saying this is your destiny? Are you Maxwell Demon? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was also like not. Anywhere in the previous times that I've watched this, I was not anywhere near as tuned into how many like times they're just casual. They're like constantly quoting Oscar Wilde left and right. Yeah, there's just like a lot of Oscar Wilde quotes floating around in this. 
Which I, I'm not like the world's most knowledgeable Oscar Wilde person. I, you know, other than a few random quotes, like, right? I, well, I feel neither, like maybe I would appreciate more of the dialogue if I. Neither knew. am I, and like I wish, I wish that I was, and like could had had like pulled them up or something because that was another thing that I was like not super tuned into again mm. until I was like reading some details about this before the intro of the podcast. Um, you know, when it mentioned like there's Oscar Wilde quotes throughout and it's like, I remembered that there's this like Oscar Wilde like beginning and the teacher reading it. But like, I, I, I wasn't as tuned in to it. And like, but having that mentioned, I just watched the importance of being earnest just because I felt like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, I don't know that there were any quotes from that in there, but I was sort of in like an Oscar Wilde, like mind frame. And I also like weirdly was uh like, I don't know, some like BuzzFeed list or something of quotes from literature or whatever, like mm. happened to see the quote just like yesterday that um, that uh, Jonathan Reese Myers says, or I don't even remember which one of them says it actually, right before they kiss. The world has changed because you were made of ivory and gold. The curves of your lips rewrite history. That's uh, an Oscar Wilde quote, and I okay. was unaware of that. And so, <laughs> and... So I like, and there are other things. I'm sure there are more than I even recognized in it. But like, I was I was recognizing more of them. And then there were some things that I just like sort of assume were Oscar Wilde quotes because they sound like him. The exchange yeah, like they the, have about women, I was, the women attacking, I was and I'm like, I don't even remember yeah. what that's from. But it was just like that's how Oscar Wilde writes women, though, like for mm-hmm. sure. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's not very flattering to women, Oscar Wilde. No, can't imagine really. why. Not, not flattering to women or curtains. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I don't have anything else uh, written down in my notes. Um, but overall, I mean, like, this is definitely not a movie I would have sought out on my own. So, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm glad to have seen it. Um, it. I'm not sure if I would watch it again. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, that's that's totally fair. Um, I'll I'll just I'll just leave with with another thought from my notes, which is. Um, well, two things. Uh, one is the quote that I wish I had remembered existed, or I don't know if it's a quote or just like the line on the title card that I uh-huh. wish I had remembered it existed before I wrote the intro to the podcast that says, although what you're about to see is a work of fiction, it should nevertheless be played at maximum volume. That was like, great. I, I Yeah. And I feel like that kind of perfectly encapsulates this. It's like, I, this is not that serious. And like, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's silly fiction. And let's be real. It's slash fiction. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just like fun. And it's turned up to 11 in its way. However, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Early on in the movie, when they had all like the news footage about the about the the mm-hmm. artist, I was it was such a strong Spinal Tap vibe. <laughs> it was so <laughs> distracting how Spinal yeah. Tappy all of that was. <laughs> it was pretty Spinal Tappy. Yeah. Um, but no, I, the other thing I was just gonna say about the soundtrack to this though is that's like we just talked about the the mix of like good real music and also this like fake pseudo music, especially mm-hmm. like Brian Slade's songs and stuff. And right. the thing is, it's like even though I don't know all of the all of the actual music from this as well as I probably should. Um, it's also so obvious, like what is like, is like fake Brian Slade music written for this movie yep. and what's actual music. And every time one of the Brian Slade fake songs was playing, I was just like, so I like this movie, but also I would rather <laughs> just listen to Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. So there's that too. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I don't know. That's my thought. closing thought about this. <laughs> And on that note, what are we going to watch next time? Uh, so next time we are going to be watching something that is also 
uh, very loosely based on real people. Um, okay. It is a movie that I have seen a lot of times, and I'm sorry to say involves no slash fiction, um, but it's still an excellent movie, despite that. <laughs> many, uh, many movies that involve no slash fiction are yeah. great. <laughs> We're going to be watching The Social Network. Ah, okay. Interesting. So. Um, but uh, until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? Well, I'm on a different social network called Twitter, at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at hey, hey, ESJ. I'm also on Facebook, but I don't post anything interesting there. So just, just follow I us on Twitter. I do post interesting thing on, things on Facebook, but I don't befriend strangers. So yeah. sorry, <laughs> listeners. Sorry. All right. Well, this is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Rocking out. This has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNpodcast.com. Baby's on fire. Better throw her in the She's only five.